Hello, good evening and welcome to French Football Weekly, the podcast edition. Of course, I am your host, Chris. Uh, I always say good evening. I shouldn't because people listen to this in the mornings, don't they? All the afternoons. But anyway, it's evening when we're recording here on Tuesday, the 5th of February. Welcome one and all. Tonight, I have two of the crew with me. I have Jez. Good evening, Jez. Hello. And I have Phil. Good evening, Phil. Hello. We've uh, got a sort of a standard edition to talk about, really, where we're just going to have a little natter about the weekend's action. Um, all of that European stuff, that comes next week. So I'm sure we'll have plenty to fill our time with then. Uh, we've got a question from the listener to uh, tie into our pod later on as well. So we'll do that. Uh, so let's, uh, let's sort of jump in head first or feet first, if you will. Um, we had a midweek game last week. I can't remember if we actually covered it or not, but Nonton St. Etienne drew 1-1. I can't remember when we recorded last week. It was Tuesday, wasn't it? Um, I'm lost now. Nantes also won at the weekend in the Coupe de France, which means they're now playing tonight in the Coupe de France. So it's all got... The schedule is basically an absolute mess. It's, it's all over the shop, isn't it? Yeah. Um, game 18 is going on at the moment. Everybody else is on game 23. I mean, it's, it is a bit of a shambles, frankly. Oh, oh, the shop, yeah. We've got, we've got games going on as we speak as well in both the Coupe de France and Ligue 1 as well. So it's, it's all go. But uh, yes, that was the midweek game last week. Uh, Remy Cabella uh, opening and scoring for St Etienne for Majid Waris, equalising for Nantes. Fabio sent off for the home side and Villa sent off for St Etienne in the same incident. So that was a 1-1 draw. Uh, we then got into Friday's action. Uh, Lille continue to be awesome. Uh, they won 4-0 at home to Nice. Rafael Leal, Nicolas Pepe, of course, doing his very best uh, Thierry Henry impression. Jonathan Bamba and late goal from Remy as well, making it 4-0 win on the home side. Uh, Lise Malo also sent off for Nice. Not ideal there. Uh, <laughs> it was quite a red cardy round. Really, it was a bit, wasn't it? Yeah, there's quite a few. and We've had another one tonight as well. So it's all the all these teams being a bit dirty at the moment. A um, couple of other results to uh, give you as well before we launch into our individual games. Angers beat Dijon. Uh, Bahoken, of course, who else with the winner in that one? That's a 1-0 win. Uh, Ren also got a 1-0 win over Amiens. A fan with the only goal of that game. And on the Sunday, Nîmes and Montpellier drew 1-1. Andy Delors levelling Landre's opener for Nîmes. So uh, we've got three games that we're going to cover in a bit more depth. Let's start with Leonardo Jardim's men, uh, Monaco. They got a win, ironically, against Toulouse. Never gets old, that one. Uh, <laughs> let's start with you, Phil. What um, what do you think that the change has come in? Because we, obviously, Monaco lost on penalties in Jardim's technically first game against Gangon uh, last week or last midweek. But uh, this was a big win for them against sort of a lower-end side rival, if you will, in Toulouse, who are 14th. Um, mm. And they deserved it. Golovan and Fabregas' first goals for, or first goal for the club of Fabregas, they did deserve it and they just look a bit happier all of a sudden. Yeah, but I think playing Toulouse is possibly going to help there. Um, I mean, I know they were playing Gangon um, in, the, in the Coupe de la Ligue uh, semi earlier, but it, it just seems like that has not been a particularly happy place. Uh, many people criticising Thierry Henry for being obviously a very good footballer and therefore a better footballer than a manager and so maybe not able to maybe 
identify with some of the players around him having some issues, but it has always looked a bit weird, as we've said, the kind of bringing him in and then not giving him a chance after those new players came in to do anything with them. Um, but it did seem like the atmosphere wasn't brilliant. Um, and so, you know, it was a bit um, a bit tight, obviously, um, with Julien um, levelling shortly after Golovin's opener and Fabregas making it 2-1 in the second half. But, you know, this is something, they've done it, you know, they and they, they move on. All of the stats looked, they, they were, you know, the home advantage. Normally they have more shots, but they didn't get, they got the same amount on target each. You know, they still aren't there yet, obviously. So it's going to take some time. But yeah, that was probably a nice, a nice one to start with. Yeah. Where were they at the weekend? Ah, they're at Montpellier. I yes. go into that. Ironically. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I agree with what you said there. Just the uh, look at the lineup as well. Um, it's no coincidence that some of the injured players uh, suddenly are coming back. That's going to help them. Couldn't help but notice quite a lot of experience in that side as well. You look at sort of Falcao, see Golovan's no, no sort of no uh, young player anymore. Fabregas, Jemison, Sidibe, Glick, and more importantly for me, Daniel Subasic is back in goal. Um, is that? sort of the, the base in which to build as far as Monaco go on from here in terms of putting out their strongest and most experienced 11 week in week out? Yeah, it definitely is. And you know, just as Jardim wasn't able to fill that team the first time he was coached at the start of the season, Henri was barely able to, to, to field it during his time there as well. So, you know, I'm still loath to give Jardim any credit. I'm still, uh, again, for all Ori's faults, I still think he was treated like shit. And I think Chardin, you know, been really always acted with a lot of class, but I think he's acted really disappointingly over all of this. So I'm not yet going to give him credit. As Phil said, it was, okay, it was their first home win, but it was against Toulouse. Um, and I still think that if Ori had been able to play two, three matches in a row with a, with a full team, he'd have done well as or been able to, to pull stuff out of the bag as well. So, you know, well done for getting the win. But, you know, I really think if you've got that kind of spine of um, Supersic, Fabregas, Falcao, Ronnie Lopez, then, you know, something's seriously wrong if you're not managing to get some results um, with, with players like that. They haven't been able to build them all up to now. Um, and now, you know, with the hope that they will stay stay fit and unreasonable form, then they shouldn't have any trouble climbing out of the relegation zone. No, no, agreed. It's just a question of putting a run together almost now, isn't it? That's what they need to be be, be solid. Any um, any concerns about Toulouse? I mean, I'm looking at their next three fixtures: uh, home to Ram away, Bordeaux, uh, home to Calm before they go to the Lumiere and face Lyon. Um, their form is it's not terrible. I mean, one enough, you, enough you should call it Lumiere. Sorry, yeah. Um, no, no, you're right. Yeah, Footfall's right. a habit, yeah, I, sh- I should call it the Conferama Stadium, whatever. No, but, I don't think so. I think we should stick with them, yeah. We'll, we'll Let, stick with that. Let's not count out to the man. <laughs> no, indeed. Um, yeah, well, what, do you, what do you think about Toulouse? I say two draws, two defeats and one win in the last five. Um, they are, what, eight points ahead of the relegation spot. 
but it's that kind of stage of the season for them where maybe a, you know just just a little bit of a worry would you say don't score very much. No. <laughs> that is potentially quite a big problem, whereas they do concede quite a lot, which yeah. ditto. I mean, it's, that's massively simplistic, but they're not kind of... In, they don't have a spark that you can see, ooh, their attack will get us out of that, or ooh, their defence is, you know, solid, they should be all right. They just look a bit... Mm. A bit meh. Mm. Minus uh, minus eleven goal difference sort of speaks volumes. It's the same as Karna in seventeenth. So it's mm. uh, I think it's the. I mean, this this run of games coming up looks kind of doable. Was it Ren or Ras? You said uh, that Ras. Yes. Ras. I mean, that, well, maybe not that, but yeah. Um, and as you say, I mean, Ras, uh, Bordeaux, who are sort of close to them in the table, uh, are currently behind in their game, and and probably Karn would be the big one. I'm just thinking. Mm couple of wins from that fine a couple of defeats and they're suddenly looking over their shoulder but yeah. we should they, see i think they, they should be okay just by virtue of the fact that there's probably worse sides three teams below them who are capable of, of sort of catching them up but you know yeah. it's funny that you, you mentioned can because i just Three's find can probably the most meh team yeah. in the league and toulouse aren't far mm. off and we've said so many times before the frustration with toulouse is you know, the size of the city and the, the infrastructure and the kind of stability they've got there, they should be doing more and they just never do. And it's no. sort of alluded to. But I mean, if Greydale isn't performing, then you don't really see where any of the uh, kind of attacking spark is going to come from. And uh, yeah, but to be as high as 14th and have a minus 11 goal difference isn't, isn't it's a bit nuts, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, Con, of course, um, to mention them, they're, they're doing me proud when I said that they might push for the top six this year down in 17th. So uh, cheers for that, Con. Much appreciated. Um, anyway, moving swiftly onwards before I get out as a fraud. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about another team who could be dubbed that. See what I did there? Uh, that would be Marseille. Um, now, we should say at this point, they are currently winning a football match. Shock horror. They're at home to Bordeaux in the close, uh, behind closed doors friendly um, and the Golf Camara of all people um, against 10 man yeah, Bordeaux. That, uh, that game. kind of suggests, I haven't seen it, but it suggests something about how this game is going. Uh, yeah, Bordeaux started quite well, and then Kalu was sent off for a, a reckless lunge on Ocampos. It wasn't red as well, and then Bordeaux have basically been on the back for ever since, and Marseille scored from a set piece. Of all I, watched, I watched the last sort of five, seven minutes of the half, and it was basically Marseille against Hostel. It was, yeah. He made two very good saves beforehand uh, before the goal went in as well. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep you in touch with that because that'll probably finish before we go off the air. But let's rewind to Saturday night. Um, Jez, I don't know if you saw much of this game. I watched the entirety of it. Um, we saw a first goal, and I think it's 18 months of football from Dingome. Um, a very good goal as well for, for rounds to put them in front. Uh, Sokyun Jung came off the bench and scored with his first touch, as you do, to make it 2-0. Uh, Clinton and G did get one back. Uh, Marseille threw everything they could at, uh, at the home side, but couldn't level it up. Um, Mendy and goal for rounds was, was superb. But um, home side coming up the win and another defeat for Marseille. Taking aside from tonight's game, uh, Rudy Garcia is is a man under severe pressure at this point. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's possibly only the financial situation and the, the size of the compensation package that he stands to get that, that could be keeping him in the job at the moment. And 
um, they are sort of always on a precipice and they started tonight's match in, in 10th place. If they win this, I think they go up to maybe sort of 6th or 7th and back in touch with the European places. So certainly all is not lost and I think they'd actually meet one faster than the other day. But yeah. um, they should be doing better than they are. I think the, champ- you know, the champions project that they, they, they made a big fuss about was maybe a little bit unrealistic possibly and um, in a way they've been not punished but I think they massively overachieved last year definitely obviously in Europa League and probably in the league as well so maybe expectations were a little bit too heightened but either way I think they should be doing better than they are particularly with the sort of uh, uh, I don't know how to put it but the fact that Monaco aren't up there takes away one of their big rivals and, and you know, they should be if not challenging for, for say, third, you know, right up there and the leading Europa League contender. And the fact that they're not is a big disappointment. And mm. yes, you look, at, you look at the team and it's not the greatest team in the world. And certainly, as, as we all know, the, the lack of a, a really good striker is, is, a, is a big handicap for them, but they should still be doing better. And clearly there, there's, there's a lot of issues there. And, the, mm. the, you know, some of the players should be, I, I don't know if it's the players or Garcia. I think it's, you know, it's another one of those teams where, where clubs where at the moment there's, there's, there's problems all the way through. You've got Ero who seems to spend most of his time just picking fights with Lou and Nice. I'm not entirely sure what Super Zaretta is doing there. Um, Garcia, Garcia, I think, is doing a Garcia sort of starting very well. And, Kind of in a in a sort of Mourinho style, possibly the way that he gets players sort of really mentally strong and, and you know in the zone for the first season seems and then it seems to kind of um, maybe they suffer from it from the second season onwards. Um, then you've got like I said that it's a good team, but there aren't that many out and out match winners or stars. And the ones that you do have, you've got Mondonda who's, who's past his best. You've got Payet who doesn't give a shit because they're in an international tournament at the end of the season. Uh, you've got Tova who's apparently now just obsessed with personal stats and, you know, the great loyal Tova who the Marseille fans worship. It'd be interesting to see their reaction when he desperately pushes for a move in the summer. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just, Nothing's absolutely terrible and terminal there, but nothing's right either. I, th- I think when you look at when you look at the fact that Lille and Leon, who are probably the two sides that Marseille would would think they should be in in place of, uh, and Saint Etienne for that matter, uh, Lille and Saint Etienne both have lost five matches. <coughs> Leon have lost four and have largely been inconsistent. Marseille have lost nine games. I think that <coughs> sort of says it all. I, I think before today they they've lost. Exactly half of the matches they played. They played, yeah, exactly right, exactly right. We should get some credit to Rams, though, Phil, shouldn't we? I mean, they've no, been they're, they're again they're stingy at both ends of the pitch, um, yeah. and it's working out nicely for them. Um, five unbeaten in the league, um, and that's you know against includes against Lyon, um, and and obviously beating Marseille. But we've got a, a table here which is quite compact. So the top three is kind of six points clear of everybody else but then you've got fourth to ninth four points apart and that's what Marte's trying to get back up into 
they'll go into seventh if they win tonight. Um, but that kind of compression means that while their trend evolution of the, the class more over the season does look like it's on a downward spiral, it's one of those ones where people are going up and down a lot of places with one result. So it's a bit of a weird kind of situation where you think you're all right and something else happens and all of a sudden you're leapfrogged by three teams. You know, So it is a, a tricky situation, but, you know, how would they... They're at 31 points, so they're 12 off third and they're 12 off the relegation zone going in the other direction. You know, it's it, it's very kind of 30. Well, it's, it is... Yeah, particularly the the Europa places. I think yeah, the, the top the three is probably done, but the Europa places are very kind of um, scattered about, and it may depend on who cares more about getting a Europa place. Yeah, or um, who wants to avoid it more. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, someone like Ras, for example, would be like, "Yes, let's go." So it's would Strasbourg. So would Montpellier. Mm. Um, my, my Marseille might not care. My favourite tweet of the of the week was. Um, a French pundit who said something like, "To be to be fair to Marseille, there's no shame in losing to a two-time European Cup finalist." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's quite apt, isn't it? I didn't see that. Um, and uh, if you if, yeah, if you look at the the situation of that game as well, I mentioned it earlier on, but you can't help but wonder if Marseille might have watched Edouard's Edouard Mendy's performance for the home side and think, oh, he could have been doing quite a good job for us right now at 26 years of age. But mm-hmm. anyhow, we're going to talk more about goalkeepers uh, in a second. In fact, we'll, we'll go on to that now. Uh, when we talk about um, a PSG defeat, we don't see that every day. But the uh, the final game of the weekend was Olympic Lyonnais against PSG. Um, I don't know what odds you'd have got on Lyon to win from behind in this one, but that's exactly what they did. Angel Di Maria put the Brazilians in front um, before Leon had their own personal duel with Alphonse Ariola, who was brilliant. Um, then Rich and, uh, was it Rich or was it yourself, Jess? It's one of us. We basically jinxed him. Um, by we saying all how, did it. <laughs> we were saying how good he was and then he flapped it across for mm, I still think he should be possibly having words with his backline about where the hell oh, they God, were. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. I think, I think, that be, I think yeah. he should be having words with Lecky, who the next day went big on Ariola misses his chance to, to rival Buffon, which I thought yeah. was an absolute disgrace. And didn't they give him a four in the, in the ratings, or was it a three? Or um, No, it wasn't that bad. Even Thiago Silva got a three, though, I think. Which was but, um, Finally. Ariola got an okay moving. mark, but you know, to ignore the ten or whatever amazing saves and the one unfortunate slip and say that he's not... You know, that's proof that he shouldn't be dislodging Buffon. I thought it was disgraceful. Yeah, it, it was. It was a, a sort of a tell of two halves, though. As I say, Dembele did get uh, Leon level with that header. Uh, has to be said as well, Di Maria um, with the opening goal. Um, I can't remember who it was who tweeted it. It might have been yourself, Jez. It might have been Rich. It might have been nobody associated with us whatsoever. I, I genuinely can't remember. But um, in a season where Mbappe, Neymar, etc., get all the headlines, I think Draxler and Di Maria have been 
very consistently yeah. good for PSG this season. It played to a very, very good level, and both were good in this game as well. Um, but it was Nabil Fakir who got the winner from the penalty spots. Um, no arguments from Thiago Silva's foul in the box. And uh, you, you say that there's a lot. Well, there has been. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, yeah I, I didn't think there was any argument myself. There no, there wasn't. Um, it was. It seemed. It seemed pretty blatant to me and and I don't even know if VAR did check it or not but it, it just seemed like a the sort of tackle from a, a player whose best days behind him and he was off sort of off the pace of the tackle if you will it was a bit of a, a sort of a, a wave of the leg um you know, and Fakir took the penalty away and then it became the Lopez Denea show for Leon as, as far as defending um Rich that that save from, uh, oh, sorry, those two saves from Lopez back to back, and that clearance from Denea, uh, ironically named, got uh, got Leon the victory. What did you sort of make of it overall? And should PSG fans be uh, reaching for the panic button at this stage ahead of Manchester United? I don't think they should be reaching for the panic panic button. I think Leon probably just about were good, were good for the win. I don't think a draw would have been the, the most outrageous result. Um, Probably overall, but Leon was slightly better. But Lopez did need to make a few excellent saves. Um, and you know, there's games like that. And as I said, PSG didn't play badly, so I don't think they need to worry. Certainly, obviously, in terms of league at. in terms of Champions League, I think it's it's everything we already knew that in attack they're capable of of anything. They're, the, the sort of player issue for Mbappe said exactly like the first match, Mbappe missed five one and ones. The difference was this time he didn't then follow up with four goals. Um, but he did have a lot of good chances, and most of them were on target. It was just Lopez outdoing him just this once. So up front, I don't think there's too many concerns, even though obviously Neymar's a miss. Um, the, the concern is more defence again and midfield and. I'm not sure that that Tuchel is doing Kera any favours playing him at right back. I don't think he's no. doing PSG any favours because I think it's, it's really good. Munier is an excellent player and I, I just don't understand why he keeps being dropped. Um, and the fact that they started in midfield with Alves and Marquinhos is, is a concern. I mean, I don't know. I wonder if it is Tuchel trying to, trying to prove a point. But it just doesn't seem a sensible thing to do. And I mean, you can get away with it when you're 10 or virtually 16 or whatever it is, points ahead in the league, um, even against um, the, one of the bigger rivals away from home, because you can afford to lose. But you can't afford to do that against Man United. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And it's, it's all the, the usual chickens coming home to roost. And it was highlighted this transfer window just because it's now really become a, a sort of desperation point for PSG and because it's become the sort of um, subplot of Tuchel against Enrique but we've known for a long time that they really need a defensive shield um, and it, aside from that possibly a little bit more more creativity from from further back than, than Neymar at number 10. Um, Paredes has come in but they need more than that I think and it is it is still a concern that they could be starting um, with with the Marquinhos and it's similarly to Luis Gustavo at Marseille, not necessarily to the same extent because of the other players around him. But playing Marquinhos in midfield is, I think, 
weakening the midfield a little bit and certainly weakening the defence because I still think he's the best central mm. defender. Mm. Um, and possibly the most frustrating thing, um, I mean, I felt it for a while, but I think now a few PSG fans are maybe coming around to it as well, is the fact that they've got a superb midfielder rotting away in the reserves. Um, mm. And uh, uh, there's, there's talk that Tuchel would, would like to bring Radio back in, and I think it's, I think it's an absolute must. Mm. I'm not saying they can't beat Man United without him, but I think they, they have the chance, exactly, their chances of doing so would be hugely improved by having him in there. Even if he plays as the defensive shield, which we know he doesn't like, but you'd have thought Tuchel, who I think generally has, you know, has done a really good job in all aspects of, of, his, of his time at PSG so far, could put him, take him to one side and say, look, you know, this is in all our interests, keep your head down, do a good job, You'll, you know, you'll come across as better in terms of other teams who might be interested in you as well. Um, you know, it might add a few, a few zeros to, to your, not to your fee, but to your salary. Uh, you know, it's a win-win. And uh, yeah, I don't think, as we said before, I think a lot of PSG's problems have been caused by the non-footballing people, like El Khalifi, and, and maybe you can add a UK to that now as well. Um, and this is another one. It's not just in terms of who's coming in, but it's in terms of who they're choosing to push out. But yeah, that's 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 the bigger thing. Is I, I I'm wondering as well that a lot. Of, I think it went under the radar quite um, quite wide, if you will. Um, but they didn't get the the deal over the line for Luciano Acosta, who's a player that I've, I've actually seen a fair bit of as a, an M- a closet MLS fan. Um, the DC United midfielder, he's Argentine uh, by by birth. He's actually 24, which kind of made me chuckle because a lot of people were sort of saying, oh, you know, they didn't get that youngster in from America. He's not really a youngster. He's an established age player. Um, but he's he is sort of a player who could provide that almost sort of combination of, of Verratti and, and Rabiot's style in that he is quite box-to-box. I suppose Lucas Torreira is a, is a similar comparison for players that people might know in that he is combative and likes to tackle but he's got that creative element likes to pass forward and I wonder if that would have been the option but then there's the other argument saying well they've also got Nkunku who could could provide that they're not playing him if Ferrati's not fit as you said they lack creativity and I thought the lineup was strange given the fact that you, you've surely wanted to be tuning up the likes of Thomas Munier at this point. Um, I don't know if Levan Kazawa has been Ben Arford or if he's actually technically still injured, but he seems to be nowhere near the fold. Oh, um, did you notice just on a Rabia connected point after, hmm. you know, the UNFP and various people said it's a breach of French employment law to have Rabia in the reserves. Uh, yeah. Ben Arthur appears to have put a, <laughs> put a case for it. Yeah. case in to say, hang on, this happens to earnings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I did notice that. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, Danny Alves as well, I think we've gone over that point a hundred times, you know, doesn't look the mm-hmm. player that he was. I do want to get, give a bit of love to Leon though, um, and we'll do mm. that um, with yourself, Phil. They, they are inconsistent. Um, Genesio yeah, this, continues This is the kind match. of what happened, because you look at this match, you look at... It was 10 to 9 shots on target, so it was great fun to watch from the goalkeeping. Yeah, really good game to watch. Um, the, the, the shooting, the, the occasions created, the saves made, it's really good fun. But one thing that was kind of eating away at me the whole time, I saw a, 
a tweet just afterwards from uh, Rabita Faruka Offside Beat on Twitter. One of the best OL matches in a long time, and I'm furious. <laughs> and it is the same kind of uh, theme that we've been hearing from our good friend Tara Kamir, who is LaFalse number 12 on Twitter. He maintains Leon are consistently inconsistent. And that's basically, uh, we've had this question in from the AUOL fan, Ozol1950 on Twitter who asks us, is it time to seriously discuss how Leon consistently and comfortably play at a high level against big teams, but struggle otherwise? Mm. It's about, you know, the, the squad is of a high level. It's not that Leon, as he says, it's not that Leon raise their game against a handful of big teams, but that they drop their level for the other matches. Yeah. And this is something that I think drives Tammy crazy. And, you know, they've had some, such good results this year that you would not have expected to happen and then there's been other results that you wouldn't have expected to happen now they are still you know they're up there they're in third place they're only three behind Lille they're in very good run of form but it just feels like they could be so much more and I think that's what frustrates Lyon fans because you when you watch it all working together and that's the, the creative attack, the unpredictability of it, that you know, the, the wonderful young players in midfield and that defence here, which has its moments, but yeah, the Lopez and Danea show was was just great fun to watch. I think Danea's been a very useful um, kind of addition to uh, mm. what was going on back there parts of last season. You know, it just feels like oh, they could, they could be better, and I suppose that's a good criticism to have of a team, mm. in a sense. Uh, but it must also be very frustrating for their fans. Even um, Leo Dubois is impressing me quite a lot. Actually, yeah. he seems to have come into the side. I say even Leo Dubois, but people forget he's only twenty four and he's keeping out established international in Raphael out the side, which I guess it's not that hard. And of course, Jeremy Morales is probably more experienced. Kenny Tessie's not getting a look in either. So I mean, they've they've got options. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I suppose I was going to say the acid test will be Barcelona. It's, it's a free shot, that though, isn't it? I mean, I don't think anyone expects them to to win, you know. But they showed Manchester City, as you said, on their day. Mm. You know, they can do anything. If, if Lopez has one of those games again, oh yeah, and, and the attack goes, look, fuck it, let's go for it. Yeah. More importantly, if Genesio says fuck it let's go for it um i think that could be great fun which way round is it they're Uh, at home first aren't i'm sure they're yeah yes yeah they're at home on the i i think that's the best way round because obviously they might win the first one and get battered in the second but your home game there will be hope there will be anything is possible and we know what that crowd's like so that's gonna help um, so yeah, I think that will be a fabulous, uh, a fabulous game. I'm just confused looking at. I've got matchup of. So we just had a round of games in which many games were played, but there's still three games of that round still to play because everything yeah. is all over the place. Yeah. So how all of this fits together? The idea of league form and games in a run form is getting very confused but they are in a good place so um yeah hopefully they will who they play next uh nice away so yeah yeah gangon first in the coup de france and away at nice and then home to gangon yes league so um 
it's three yes, fairly right. good fixtures. Nice might be a decent watch actually. That's next Sunday. Well, will Nice although Nice at home. <laughs> good. Um, we we haven't yeah. mentioned, of course, as well that Neymar is enjoying his birthday today with his uh, his broken metatarsal, so he is going to miss the Manchester United game and potentially both ties now, um, unless oh, yeah. he gets on those special drugs. Um, okay, the whole Neymar cool. situation. I understand he's brilliant, whatever, whatever, but. Mm. I kind of want to see a front line of Di Maria, Cavani and Mbappe. Yeah. So I it's that more new defence. I mean, yeah. there will be less rolling around on the floor and there will be more. I, I hope there'll be more just, just to make the English media lose their collective bits all <laughs> no, over again. I think it'd be great no, fun. We don't need any more bitching. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, let, let, let it spark joy, Chris. Let it spark oh, yeah. joy. Spark so. the joy. Uh, yeah, it, w- it would be quite funny, though, wouldn't it, if, if they uh, got through by throwing themselves around the pitch. But still, um, just one other question I had uh, for you, Jess, just before we um, look ahead to next week. In terms of Leon, um, I'm going to call this the Monaco effect. There are eyes on some of their talent ahead of, of next summer. Um, of the four players that I look at as the most saleable assets, and by those I exclude Memphis Depay, who seems to be able to sell himself to anyone he fancies at the moment. Yeah, he's a saleable ass. Yes, very good. Very good. Um, I look at Nabil Fakir, Luka Tussar, and Tanga Ndombele and Hussein Mawal. Maybe follow Mendy if you want to mm. throw him in as well. Mendy, Mendy, definitely. You reckon of those yeah. four or five, over, is he the most saleable asset? Over Tucson, I'd put him. What do you think, Jez? Um, yeah, I'd this is very good. much a moot argument we're having. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Tucson's <laughs> lost a bit of a bit of momentum, a, almost. Yeah, this season. Mm. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I think the. the Fekir also, you know, he can if he finishes the season well and stays fit, then he's going to be right back in the window. But he's yeah. had a he's had a disappointing season so far. Although to be fair, but he really does turn up for big games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he'll still be up there. But also, you know, he's not old, but he's a little bit older now. He's close to the end of his contract. I think Awar and Dombele are going to be the really big ones. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I, I'm not sure though. I can't see them both leaving this. this this summer, I could see maybe in Dombele going. Mm. I don't think I don't think Holas will sell them both together. No, um, he's, he's a slightly older the two as well. Are at twenty and and Dombele at twenty two. You suggest that maybe he's the one who's got less development to do at this point in his career. You'd think that he would fit into most sort of high caliber European sides, wouldn't you? Whereas uh, are more of a. I think they both would, but I yeah, I think Dombele is a little bit more ready. I think Awar is a. Is a a beautiful player, but I still think that sometimes he's the kind of player who plays well when conditions are, are good around him. Yeah, a bit lightweight almost, yeah. Like mm. who, sorry? A, a little bit lightweight, maybe. Yeah, at times. Whereas Ndombele, I think, is more sort of he, he kind of proactive. At, at, even at the, yeah. this age, yeah, is a kind of proactive, kind of take the game by the scruff of the neck. Exactly, yeah. And he, he's, he will, he's he will make... Yes, decisions and and carry them through instead of kind of waiting for somebody else. So yeah. that is obviously a massive skill. Yeah. Quite apart from the technical stuff. Yeah. And I think I think Mendy will be very in demand. Just mm-hmm. yeah. there aren't many. He's a fullback. Fullbacks. Who <laughs> no, can purely for the well. gifts that show him yeah. doing that run. That yeah. <laughs> on. I it mean, would 
it would be ironic if if he replaced the other Mandy at Man City, wouldn't it? I hope it doesn't happen, but it would be quite ironic somewhat if that was. Well, to given transfer. that the other Mandy doesn't play much, but we all love his social media. I mean, just oh, yeah. get the two of them in there, and then they can, you know, make jokes about it. Maybe. I mean, I mean, Arsenal could do with a left back, but you know, we hope to have any money, so <laughs> that's not going to happen. Uh, yes, um, we should look ahead to the the fixtures. Um, we should say at this point as well on the website previews for the Coupe de France matches are going up continually. So none right. of which mm, quite none. losing to Dijon in the yeah, 90th no, minute, having no gone sh- down to ten men. I thought they in, had in a the, shot at that. You know, Dijon. I think they did. So they went down to ten men. Ten men, yeah. That killed him. Mm-hmm. And, and Matt's losing. Jess, anything to say? Um, Three nil now, Dijon. By the way. Uh, usual classic from Mess, but if according to a few Mess accounts, the referee's been a disgrace and there was no way it was a penalty. And we still have a league de site in it, so that's good. Yes, um, I was. I was going to say actually, um, Lorient uh, have dropped off from second. Um, they are um, behind Brest now. <laughs> Chopped off in second. They haven't been second for months. Well, you know, I, I just I'm trying to avoid. I've been trying to avoid bringing them up for a while. But that's this this is why people ask us to do league Deux coverage, and we don't. Yeah, I hide. I like to hide <laughs> um, away. The other big game tonight is the Petit Pousset of the Coupe de France. Bastia, fifth tier national tour, are playing against Caen and Bastia are at home. So. You know, keep your fingers crossed for that one. There yeah. could be upsets, there could be goals, there could be violence. Um, just watch All out for it. It should be yes. great fun. And speaking of uh, watch out, um, fixtures next week. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a lot of games on Sunday next week. Uh, we've yeah, got this is part of the they're all stacking up situation. Together, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah. Five instead of three. You've got yeah. um, you've got Dijon at home to Marseille is the Friday game. Um, that could be interesting as both appear to be skin. a tailspin at the moment. Yeah, depending on what happens. Um, OM's still leading at the moment in this tonight's game. Uh, you've got PSG Bordeaux, which has the sort of... Um, uh, whiff of four or five nil about it. Um, you've got Amiens against Caen, big game that for Caen potentially. Uh, Strasbourg against Angers, Montpellier, Monaco is the first game on the Sunday, along with Nantes Nîmes at the same time, along with Toulouse Ram. Isn't Nantes Nîmes on Saturday? Uh, not according to the records I've got here, but that okay. Could I'm looking at Lequipe, so I'm going to trust you. Okay. Yeah, I may be wrong then. If I am, I hope um, I No, up. it's probably them. <laughs> uh, yeah, Montpellier Monaco. Um, it's hoping been, to I think it should be good fun. It yes, has been moved for Gilets Jaunes, but I don't know if it's been moved from Saturday to Sunday or Sunday to Saturday. Yes, yeah. Either way, at some point this weekend, not by me. <laughs> um, and uh, also, Gangon, Lyon, Rennes, Saint Etienne. Uh, and Nice Leon rounds off the uh, the weekend's action on the Sunday. Um, just a quick side note as well. Um, for obvious reasons, we're not going to sort of go over everything all over again in regards to Nantes and Emiliano Sala. But if you've been sort of uh, out of the news recently, the, the plane was discovered. Um, I don't know whether they've had any confirmation of the body inside or who that was, but obviously it seems at this point that probably all hope is gone of survivors now. So um, unfortunately that has happened and you'd imagine there will be further um, respect paid when Nantes uh, plane team on whatever day that is so there were yes. good tributes at the um really nice the, yeah the, the really game nice. at the weekend obviously they were away but yeah, yeah i think everyone the whole of league came together there was, uh, the midweek match as well was... mm-hmm. yeah and and uh, i thought neil warnock um 
it was quite emotional, wasn't he, after the Cardiff game? That was quite a nice tribute they gave with holding him up after the goal as well. So, and yeah. putting, him, putting him on the team sheet. Which yeah, that was that was I a nice touch. Admit, from, I had a little bit of a sniffle at that. that was nice touch from my club there. Uh, we we don't do finance very well, nor ownership, but we've always been quite classy. So as long as that continues, that's something <laughs> to keep uh, keep in, in mind. But um, yes, obviously, you know, thoughts and prayers continue to go out um, for those involved. Uh, we will be back next week, of course. Um, truth be told, listeners genuinely we don't know what day it is even until today we didn't know if today would be the i mean seriously next week we've got we've we've got uh, two catch-up league young games europe something to do with uh i'm yeah it's it's all happening down at Fraggle Rock um, is the way to look at it. But yeah, we do have the return of the Champions League uh, and Europa Leagues next week. Um, PSG will probably be in focus fairly heavily because they go into into action in the Champions League. Um, Leon, we, we should week. do Wednesday, right? Because that's the it would be wise Europe day. Let's yes, let, mark let's that now. Let's loosely slay, loosely slay, slay, yeah. Let's go with Wednesday all being well. (laughs) Hopefully we can. Uh, Right, okay. Um, That will do for this week then. Um, Thank you very much to to Phil and to Jez for joining me this evening. Thank you very much to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yes, as we've just said, loosely, we'll be back next Wednesday, all being well. Uh, keep uh, keep your eyes on our Twitter, obviously, for release of uh, any new articles that we're going on the website and uh, general fun and games. And of course, stay tuned to Jez and Rich's timeline uh, to see who they'll jinx next in terms mm-hmm. of players in this week's action. <laughs> so uh, until next week, uh, enjoy your French football action. Uh, we'll speak to you very soon. <laughs>